Hello there and welcome back to another episode of the Just Snaps podcast with me, Nabila and the gorgeous Nabil. Hello. Oh, oh yes, of course. It <laughs> had to be a bunch of self-praise there. How are you? Yeah, cuz you never praise me, so I I need to do, to do all the work on my own. Oh. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. How are you? Good and you. Oh, very fine. Thank you. It's an amazing day here. It's super sunny. I'm feeling so great, so pumped for this episode. I've yeah, I finished watching Seaspiracy yesterday. So since we, that's the whole um, late motive of, of this of this episode, I'm so pumped. So yes. I'm okay. So finally, fine. you um, you watched something that I recommended. Okay. Cool. <laughs> so you have. On average, you don't have a very good taste, I have to say. That's why I never follow <gasps> your recommendations. But yeah, fair enough. Okay, but this is something that was important. Like Indeed. I, yeah, I watched it a couple weeks ago. And um, so I have been contemplating going vegan for a while, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's been so difficult. It has been... Because every time, like for a few years now, I've been saying, okay, I need to cut out meat. I need to cut down meat. Okay, let me start by being vegetarian. Let me start. And then I'll ease into veganism. Okay, it still hasn't happened. (laughs) And I have been doing research into veganism. And some of my findings have been wild. Okay, I'm... Yes, we will go through them. Why why did you want to um to go vegan? Okay, so well, you know this whole climate change thing has been going on for a while and you know watching documentaries and stuff um I also mm. I volunteered at an aquarium, so it was uh it was huge on uh conservation and protecting the environment and you know we'd always be exposed to facts about how the ocean is dying and the world is dying so I was like okay this is you know seems like a legit way to make a change hmm okay well fair enough fair enough and also oh. because Lewis Hamilton well is that is that a reason <laughs> It's bloody stupid. No, I, I refuse to think that's a reason. And I just, though. I just had to drag him into right. the conversation right. like I always do. Yes. Um. Uh, uh, on the other side, I've been contemplating a whole carnivore diet, which means only eating meat, and um, and it, it does actually have its benefits. I'm not going to try it at all, uh, because it's, um, it's a bit extreme. Um, I've known people who've been recommended such a diet and it's gone south, it's gone quite bad because uh, on average, it's, um, except um, especially men tend to become more aggressive and okay. I don't need that. Not sure if it's uh, the meat or if it's just... <laughs> No, no, I'm going to... Oh, oh, peace <laughs> off. We're good people. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, don't think I'm going that way. So well, okay, so you so you mentioned that you know like all meat diets and all vegan. So I'm kind of on the fence about it because, like, part of the stuff I've been researching, and I'll just get to the hard point about it is veganism, as it is today, is a byproduct of 
colonization. And so for, for years, you can trace veganism back to the Stone Age. And there have been communities in India, China, Japan, Greece, who have been historically vegan. But veganism, as we know today, is a, a byproduct of colonization. So as we unwrap this further in this episode, as well as Seaspiracy... Um, I will reveal my findings to you. Oh, you're fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my fine. Okay, I'm not an expert. This is like all new to me and it's just no, 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 know, stuff that I mm-hmm. found. Um, yeah, of course. Because obviously, like, you know, when you watch things like Seaspiracy and other documentaries, it's not to take at face value. You do your research. Okay. So, we have to say, uh, it is not just me and you today. Uh, we've got here with us two of my favorite people on planet Earth. So I have top 10 people favorite. The rest of them can die. Um, <laughs> two, these people are two of my favorites, so they can leave. And and I am, jokes aside, so pleased to introduce um, Noemi. Hi. Um, hello. And Meg. Margarita. Hi. <laughs> yeah, it's easier Hi. to say Meg. So... Um, of course, they're my friends. They have some uh, stories going on with uh, being vegan or vegetarian. And the whole point of this is go through the experience of them both and try and see um, not who's right and who's wrong, but just to confront them. Um, I would and like to, to find s- a balance. Yes, of course. Of course, yes. And um, I would start with uh, asking you about your past experiences, uh, starting with, uh, with Meg. Um, yeah. What are your experiences concerning vegetarianism or veganism? Okay. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for having me here. And uh, yeah, we, I think we spoke about this like uh this summer and that's why i'm here i have this (laughs) feeling (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah it's been a a two years journey right now and uh i started uh exactly two years ago on the first of january so you know like a uh, good, uh, good way to start a year. And, New Year's uh, resolutions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it all started mm, three months before that. And uh, because I lost a lot of weight and uh, I wanted to understand why, but it was just because I was in the mountains and doing sport and uh, eating well. And uh, I wanted to understand better how to eat to keep that uh you know new weight that i had and uh, just watching documentaries about uh, eating well and uh <laughs> i was using netflix and what the health came on my one page and i watched that and i remember the sensation after watching that i was shocked <laughs> I was, you know, I was I was not searching for that. I was living so well before, you know, <laughs> without problem, without thinking about it. <laughs> you know, when you don't know, you have uh, so many problems less. <laughs> mm. And um, I watched that, and I remember I was really yeah impressed. And um, I started to read and watch more 
you know, uh, Cowspiracy come next. And uh, I figured that this friend of mine that uh, was vegan, so I started to ask him questions and uh, he made me read some books and I will tell you my favorite later if you want, <laughs> if you are interested. And uh, yeah, after that I was uh, really impressed and I read so many positive things about the vegan life, vegan diet. So I did some research uh, to learn some recipes and, uh, you know, just to don't starve after one week. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then I, you know, the, the new year came and I started this journey and uh, uh, it lasted for one year and was a really good year. I remember uh, in the first four or five months, I was so energyful. I used to wake up at six and do everything I had to do. And uh, um, I felt so much better and so um, not guilty. Because when you find out about so many things, uh, like, uh, you know, in, in the vegan diet, you, you understand that. Uh, how uh, you eat milk, how you can drink milk, how you can eat uh, cheese or eat meat uh, or fish. And uh, you, the, the feeling that I was feeling was kind of guilty. And uh, so I was feeling much better in that, uh, from that side. And um, everything was good until uh, the one year after my resolution. And uh, because I fainted, uh, other reasons because I was nervous it was a bad period of my life and uh, but I remember I was uh, yeah I broke my nose it broke my head it wasn't a <laughs> really good situation Ouch. yeah and uh, I remember feeling no energy and uh, I couldn't have the concentration to understand uh, uh, that um, you know to choose so carefully what to eat or don't uh, and uh, you have to be careful when you're vegan because you have to be sure that you eat all that you need so I didn't have the strength to do that so I decided to be just vegetarian and it's been another year now and I'm feeling good it's uh, it's amazing and uh, I've, I don't know if I will go back, back vegan it's the idea but I'm Mm. Uh, and I need the energy to go back to that. So. <laughs> and and with oh. with veganism, it's um it's more than just your diet. It's also the products you buy. Um, it's just a it's a whole lifestyle change that you have to make. So you have to make sure your clothes are ethically sourced. Yeah. Um, your cleaning products, like everything, has to be ethically sourced. And um, it's not a, it's not a cheap lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, uh, I think it depends on how much experience you have with that. Because uh, in the start, I think it's normal. And uh, Noemi will tell about this better than me because she has so much more experience than me. But um, in the start, maybe you uh, buy uh, things that are, for example, with the meals already prepared because you're not. You don't know how to cook good things, and uh, mm. you you uh, maybe you it's in the beginning it's normal to 
pay a little a little bit more because you don't know how to yeah. choose how to cook and everything. But I feel like more you get used to it, more you would like to try new things. And I remember, for example, uh, the I, I started to um, prepare my own uh, uh, my own meat, my own, and it was uh, better, and uh, I felt much. Uh, better also with the um, uh, again the kind of guilt you have mm. because uh, also like the avocados the, the feeling that you will always eat avocado but after a while you start to hear how also avocado came to your house yes. to your <laughs> and you you feel oh, okay yeah maybe i don't have to base all my diet on that and uh, <laughs> be a little bit balanced mm -hmm. and uh, i feel like you know without uh being too much uh stressed because it's something that you need to want to do it's not something that it's it, it you just have to be uh, patient with yourself and uh, try your best in the, mm. your situation and uh, I feel like also with the uh, cost it will get better with time mm -hmm. that's super interesting to be fair um, yeah, Wait, I, I you're I saying something about South Italy were you talking um, did you say what sorry um, you're saying something about uh, South Italy uh, did I <laughs> <laughs> Wait, one, so. one of you from from the south, or is anyone from the south? No, 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 no. Because no. no, no, no. I actually, I actually read an interesting fact that um, back in the day, uh, southern Italy, there were a few communities there that were actually vegan. Mm. So it would make oh, really? sense. Mm. Yeah, in I guess a Italy. lot of you know, uh, you can find uh, examples of plant-based. Uh, Populations definitely, I think. Mm. If you go back in time, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that's true. That may be. Um, so next, I would ask <laughs> for Noemi for the for her experience, which is a little bit more extreme, I shall say. Extreme. Uh, <laughs> <Why> extreme. <laughs> no, we have an extremist vegan. You're painting me. Yeah, you're painting me as the no, extreme vegan. No, 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 no. She's no, 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 no. Oh, She's super. She's super are you not fine. one of those annoying people? No, no, no. Person in the world. <laughs> yeah, no, she's completely, she's completely fine. Just joking. Okay. So talk us through it. <clears throat> so hello, thank you for having me. Um, I am Naomi, and uh, yeah, I went vegan a little bit earlier than Meg, uh, three years and a half ago now, and I was vegetarian for a little bit of time. So actually, I was. Like in this phase of change in my life, because I was finishing my high school, I was, you know, going through a lot emotionally because uh, it was a peculiar mm, time of my life. And anyway, I just was changing a lot as a person. And yeah, just honestly, I was watching a lot of YouTubers, and a lot of these YouTubers were like, um, ecology-based channels or sustainability and a lot of them were vegan so it's not that I searched for it it's more than I saw it a lot in these people that I followed 
So like I watched them, I watched them for a lot of time, for months, without really questioning uh, why they were vegan or stuff. But if you know, entered my head as a possibility. Oh, I could actually become vegan. Like it's this lifestyle that I support, and it's actually aligned with a lot of my values. And yeah, it was a bit of a revelation for me in that sense. So I was like, I would love to go vegan. Actually, I did my research. I was a bit scared at the beginning uh, for the health concerns. I was like, okay, but can someone be actually vegan, like totally vegan? That's like a huge change in a diet, in a, you know, in, in your diet. So um, I did my research and, you know, actually I found out that the biggest uh, health systems in the world, the, you know, American one, the UK one, the European one, or recommend, not recommend, but, you know, allow a vegan diet, a balanced vegan diet for all stages of life, you know, from pregnancy to infant to infancy to, you know, adolescence and anything. So I was like, okay, like, let's research more. But then when I talked with my parents, they were a bit against it. So I decided to go vegetarian before and I stayed vegetarian for, like, I went vegetarian in May. And I stayed until October and I did you know, my experiments <laughs> there during that phase. Uh, but then, yeah, I was very, you know, conscious of the environmental impact. And as you, Nabila said, the climate change aspect, the sustainability aspect, the ecology aspect was really concerning me. So I would say that I went vegetarian for those reasons, mainly. But then something clicked after when, you know, I watched a lot of videos I find on YouTube or documentaries and I just, yeah, I just felt guilty, so much guilt for having, you know, led this lifestyle, this omnivore lifestyle for most of my life, you know, completely naive of the sufferings of the animals. And, you know, then I started being way more... I pay more attention to that aspect and now yeah I would say that I'm <laughs> I don't know like 70% 8% uh, ethical vegan and I still care a lot wow. about ecology I still care a lot about environment I try to you know also as you said like leave low waste and you know do all I can everything I can to you know lead a sustainable life but yeah the reason why I, I'm still vegan now is for the animals I would say so yeah from October 2017 I went vegan and it was like my first day of uni <laughs> so I just lived all the uni years with the like being vegan and it was a, a challenge in a way <laughs> and you know it's a it's a time of change you start a new school you start university you change your friends it's like all brand new and also that change was something furthermore you know uh and yeah it wasn't necessarily easy at the beginning but I was just like so motivated and yeah I just kept going how do your families adapt to that so were you the only one in your family yeah. or 
Yeah, I'm still the only one vegan in my family. Uh, we are just my mom, my dad, and me. So it's not like we have a, a big family. But um, at the beginning, especially my mom <laughs> was so concerned, which is like <laughs> super against it. Um, but at the same time, you know, I was like, <laughs> I'm 18, I do what I want. <laughs> and um, yeah, I just, I guess at the beginning, you also, if you're motivated by that, like also ethically, you are just so convinced and you're like, you should go vegan too. Why did you go vegan? <laughs> you're like yeah. bursting with energy and bursting with like rage in, in, in a way because you feel like, it's so unfair why don't you see that it's so unfair to live like this and you want to convince others but then you realize that it's not the right approach and it's something that you cannot do and it's at least I found in my experience way more effective to lead by example and show look I can do the same recipe but vegan mm. or I can you know live happily and uh, eat amazing things amazing food while being vegan and you know there are so many different approaches and I think they're all forms of activism especially nowadays like online you can find the I don't know the very hardcore vegan activist that goes on the streets and protests and or I don't know does interviews with people on the streets or you can find the like cooking channel which presents all these beautiful plates and dishes and they look delicious and you want to try them and you get close and I think everyone has to find the the right approach like personally I was very moved and motivated by the hard approach like true facts show me the images I want like it's not that I wanted to see them but once you you see them for me once I saw them it was really hard to ignore and so that for me was an effective approach but for others you don't want to see the best stuff. You just want to, I don't know, look the the beautiful dish that looks delicious and you want to try them and then you go vegan. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's a different path for everyone. But yeah, so with my parents, returning back, it was more like I'm doing this because I feel like I'm more aligned with my own principles doing this. And I I feel like I cannot do it otherwise now in this moment of my life. So let's try this. It was just like, let's try. And if it doesn't work, we can always go back. It's not like a definitive thing. You go and you never come back. You go <laughs> in the afterlife and you're vegan forever. I mean, uh, so at the end, they, they, be, you know, they became more supportive and they started to see that I was just like happy and motivated and I was doing very fine <laughs> doing super well and I gained muscle so I just worked out you know normally and I got a good degree to school and I didn't have attention <laughs> problems and stuff and I just took my b12 mm, pill and was okay and so yeah that's, they started to that's super that's super interesting um but I, I have one question to start off um so as, as Nabila said being vegan is not just uh, not eating meat mm-hmm. um it's also taking care of how you how you dress and everything mm-hmm. so um is it easy so we all live in italy and mm, so it's not like living in a, in a remote country in asia for instance mm-hmm. so li- uh, is it easy to find proper clothes 
and sustainable products um, or like are you able to build a lifestyle completely sustainable and not impactful mm, can i go so like first of all veganism like as you said is not just a diet and it's a philosophy and a way of living that seeks to reduce the exploitation and cruelty of animals and mm-hmm. all living beings whatever possible so obviously it goes mm, under the diet aspect but also the clothing aspect and as you said any any sort of field where animals are and living creatures are involved um i think nowadays in italy is quite relatively easy to be vegan well at least i think there's oh my god sorry my my clock (laughs) there's um sort of weird image about being vegan actually i think a lot of the times you you start to see them as like such an extreme thing it's nearly impossible to do like it's nearly impossible to live your life normally while being vegan because you have to care about so many things and you you know that's right you you care about a lot of things but you know more than also like the 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 diet you, you you don't have to eat avocados. On that. <laughs> <Not> that, <laughs> I hate avocados. avocados. <laughs> I love them, but it's not. That, <laughs> and like non-vegans don't eat avocados. What we're saying, uh, or like, it's presented as a, as a very difficult lifestyle. But actually, like, if you think about it, a lot of like plates and dishes are already vegan. Like pasta is in Italy. A lot of pastas yeah. are vegan. Or, French fries are. Vegan. <laughs> <So> vegan, <laughs> the best friend of everything. <laughs> you know, so um when it comes to clothing, I I do personally shop in thrift shops most of the time. Like it's been years since I've been shopping there. It's sometimes hard, you know, for everyone to, to find the right, you know, pieces and measurements and stuff, but where you can't find in thrift shops which I always suggest because I think it's a very conscious way of shopping um I guess there are a lot of other alternatives in Italy it's not so common yet to say that they are sustainable and vegan I mean you can buy a vegan shirt like a vegan cotton shirt at H&M but I personally don't want to support H&M for example Mm. so if you want the cotton shirt but that's not you know concerning veganism it's concerning sustainability Mm -hmm. and ethical wage uh, you know Mm -hmm. stuff for for human beings also (laughs) um I think there are a lot of of, uh, new brands that are coming out recently but yeah in Italy I don't know a lot of like sustainable famous brands at the moment okay but as i said i don't know because i really just don't shop very much new stuff honestly but i know a lot of uk brands a lot of australian brands i don't buy like right. the australian ones mm-hmm. but like german or uk i think is mm-hmm. doable so um and Ma- maybe meg knows i don't yeah. know yeah Ma- meg how about you uh <laughs> have you <laughs> have you been able to find 
because um, you live in a larger city compared to us. Um, yeah. ha- is it is it easier there to find sustainable brands and sustainable uh, clothing on average? Yeah, um, I have to say first that what I thought, what I understood while I became first vegan then vegetarian is that, uh, you know, I, I didn't feel to open my closet and throw away. I have a leather jacket because I, I, <laughs> I, I <laughs> prefer the best. And it's uh, what I felt was more like, yeah, I, I won't buy a new one. I won't yeah, uh, yeah, uh, add things to the one I already have. Um, and um, I think here collides two words. Uh, one is veganism and the other one is also uh, about fashion and sustainability in fashion that it's something that uh, always uh, more people are aware of it's something that i always uh, listen more and more uh, everywhere and uh, it's really interesting i think it's interesting to see huge uh, brands like H&M and that they are not really famous for their sustainability or mm-hmm. awareness of these problems. Uh, but, you know, trying to bring something new and change a little bit. I feel like, Noemi, that I don't... I won't buy their uh, cotton shirt anyway mm-hmm. because, you know, the money finished in the same place <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's, it's like big so, yeah. burger at mcdonald's okay thank you but it's, it's <laughs> yes. Been, yes. I, I, yeah I, if I you want don't. to support something originally sustainable originally yeah vegan, you wouldn't yeah. like go to that brand uh-huh. i yeah. feel like a lot of these big brands are now just jumping on the bandwagon yeah. of veganism because they realize yeah. what a huge market it is and um, you know, all these customers that they're missing out on. So they just take these buzzwords and slap it onto their menu or their, their clothing ranges and like, oh, we're vegan. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, your clothes are still getting made at a sweatshop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the... We also care about humans. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the positive yeah. side of this is just maybe people that normally don't care about this, maybe, you know, go at McDonald's and actually eat that and... Uh, in the end, maybe their their impact is less uh, than normally. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's important for them than actually vegan, actually vegan or vegetarian people, because you understand yeah, yeah. that it's something itchy there. The one thing that that really appeals to me about veganism is that you don't have to worry about food not being halal. <laughs> you know vegan wow. food is always going to be <laughs> halal and you can eat it. So so for Muslims, you know, we eat halal food, which is meat uh, sourced in a, in a specific way, in an Islamic way. Um, and also, you know, not eating anything with gelatine or pork or mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So... With veganism, you know, it's just going to be plant based. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, okay, that's, that's one. That's one pro of it. Not um, how needed. <laughs> so uh, personally, personally, I'm. I, I think I'm the other on on the other side of the spectrum. Um, if I went out tomorrow, I wouldn't have any problems buying a leather shirt or a leather jacket. And the reason for this, uh, to me, is it is not. I don't think that the solution should come from the customer. So 
in my vision, so if you take it ecologically, we've been talking about um, carbon emissions, climate change for quite a while now. It's since 1980 that we've been seeing some policies being pushed by various governments. And um, every single time, all the arguments go back and end up being driven by customers need to change the way they react to the market. Um, and the very first time a proper change came is when we we started thinking of uh, being carbon neutral rather than carbon zero, which means if I um, go and if I lash out a uh, hundred tons of CO two, I have to be able to um, sustain our forests and so on, so that those hundred tons get back to zero. That's the way I see it. So if I need a leather jacket, to me. That is an intake I'm taking from the market, which means a new farm, a new cow or whatever it is, needs to be put in place. Now, I, I can see the argument that cows themselves emit and are, are bad for the climate. Their existence is bad for the climate. I can see that. But at the same time, I do not think that I, I think our vision should be creating kind of a chain. Uh, which allows the customer to be able to buy leather jackets and the climate not changing too much in terms of emissions. Now, I'm not talking about the morality or the ethnicity mm -hmm. of it. Killing mm -hmm. a cow mm -hmm. to some is um, the same as killing a man or a, or a human being. I do not agree with that. But from, from an ecological standpoint... The way I see it is we should push for a chain, we should push for a system uh, which allows me as a customer to be able to buy whatever I want, whatever I fancy, and the climate to be protected from uh, some specific changes. Mm -hmm. I do agree in, in the sense that we need to create a system and, you know, a big change. And in order to create a big change, we need a lot of people to do this mm. to take this step and if we focus all of our energy on being perfect being the perfect vegan being the perfect environmentalist anything we will get 10 perfect people but the other mm -hmm. 7 billion 8 billion will not be <laughs> so it's useless i always say that i prefer uh you know a thousand imperfect vegans a thousand imperfect imperfect environmentalists uh, rather than one perfect vegan. Mm. I think it's because, also down to yeah. supply and demand. So, you know, you said uh, it's not the the customer's duty to be, um, you know, conscious of this. But um, if we stop demanding these products, companies will realize that they're losing sales on certain products and they discontinue it. Um, at the same time, you know, you also said that leather and i mean historically in africa i know people made leather clothing that was their uh going back in time you know it's a, it it meant something to people like you can't just go in now and tell them oh you can't wear cow leather anymore because i mean that's what they've been doing for years um you created the problem so fix it you can't expect uh, people who've been doing it for centuries to now change their their cultural ways and their um you know what they wear and but the, the way i see it is yes the customer a, a large amount of customers can drive the market but at the same time where does that market 
where, who gets affected by that market change. Mm. So if you take uh, big chains, uh, McDonald's or H&M, for instance, and all these big chains, um, changing the market means that they have to change uh, the financial model, which is based on labor in Asia, in Africa, and so on. So ultimately, the Asian family that lives off their chicken being sold to McDonald's, uh, which then takes the chicken abroad and sells it abroad, ultimately, they are going to be the ones affected by it. So we are mm. 7.5 billion people in the planet. and But no, but that, that's also what needs to change now. This whole business of, sl- of, of sweatshops and minimum wage in Asia and Africa, all that, and it's going to have a knock-on effect, like if you stop buying a product. But why are they, for, for, on, on the on one hand, like, first of all, why are they treating these people like that? Why are they making them dependent on this money? You know, like... Of course. It's, but if you, it's, a, if, it's a bigger problem then. Of course, but it's, it's not just the, the cotton shirt, is it? Uh, if, you take, if you take food, for instance, it is hard to, uh, climately speaking, it is hard to grow some kind of vegetables in some specific areas of Africa and Asia. So you cannot expect them to be selling those. Yeah, so no, obviously. Family, yeah, that, that's, family, that's basic trade, yeah. Yeah, of course. A family living off the chicken be- being sold to McDonald's is hardly going to adapt to a new vegan concept. I, I don't think McDonald's chi- get their chickens from there, though. I think they, like, they <laughs> no, mass they kill their, their chickens no, they, in like, they little houses. They're not selling... They're not selling the chicken to to the US, for instance. But if you go to a McDonald's in Japan, they're getting their mm. chicken from a remote areas, which are underpaid, right? It is slavery, basically. But yeah. that it is, yeah. And they like they live off it. And if you take that off, they're not going to live off anything better. So the way I see it is we need to build a structure that allows the family, the Asian family or the African family who lives on fishing, for instance, to be able to adapt to a new system. That is why my point is um, uh, thinking that we, we should all... Uh, convert to veganism uh, as his so. yeah uh, that is that is the point that came out out of uh, the documentary we mentioned earlier mm-hmm. which is conspiracy saying we should not eat fish that is not a sustainable market yes you help out regrowing the ocean but at the same time many African families are going to be affected by that and it is not me I'm privileged enough to be able to live off uh, a different model. But the, the African family living off the fish they fish on their coast when the European Union is not there, that's the family that's going to be affected by it. So yeah, but also in the same, in same token, you can't justify, you can't use uh, that saviour complex as a, as a cover-up to keep consuming unethically, you know. Um, yeah, and and part of, part of what I was I was researching, as I was telling you earlier, so there have been communities for centuries who have been vegan. The word veganism was coined in 1944 by some white man, and but it's been going on for years. So in India, um, Hindus, uh, Sikhs, uh, Jain religion, um, they all have historically been vegan, and also. Uh, Community like communities around the world, 
are genetically not, they don't need meat. Their bodies physically, you know, they don't, their bodies don't need meat. And I was thinking about this and I was like, you know, actually, I'm lactose intolerant. My, a lot of my family are lactose intolerant as well, which is like somewhere along the line in India, my family were not meant to be drinking cow's milk and people came in introduced cow's milk now this is what's going to give you your calcium but for decades before that they were getting their calcium from other sources um so yeah so like as i said it's all back to colonization and them bringing in products and bringing in meat and making you rely on them for their food sources and then neglecting what you historically you know what's the diet of your area eating the your local foods and stuff and then years down the line okay now there's a sustainability problem and the earth is dying let's sell back what you're supposed to be eating at like triple the cost can can i say something though Mm -hmm. i don't think that we should focus like the first you know Mm, our, our attention at the beginning I think it obviously shouldn't be on the African tribes or the population who live on the coast of Africa who depend on the fishing shouldn't be on the you know I don't know indigenous people in the Amazon shouldn't be on anyone in Asia who depends on this to live we are talking about who doesn't depend on this and still consumes it that should yes. be the first one to make the change, I think. Exactly. Obviously, yeah. I do I do think that the the men on the coast of Africa who live off the the fishing of you know and I don't know, cattle shouldn't go vegan. <laughs> Why should they go vegan? That's the, the source of, you know, food and you know, of living. They shouldn't go vegan. <laughs> I think we who have the possibility to go vegan or at least reduce to you know the maximum extent we can our consumption of animal products then we should start making the change if we started this big mess of <laughs> of factory farming and stuff i think personally yeah in my in my opinion i i think i've i found the problem in the excess i think there you can find the problem there and the excess also came with lower price on everything meat fish people are not uh, used to pay the right amount for fish and the meat you know i think that if the excess it's um it's not should not fight with veganism but, sh- but should be fight with people be more careful about how much meat and how much fish they eat uh, during the week, during a month. And uh, they, um, if they accept to eat less and maybe pay the same amount or uh, also to get a better quality, we can fight the problem with the productors and uh, all the people that work behind those sectors. And the... be more sustainable and you know keep keep eat meat and because I understand that meat is good and the fish too and there's many people that actually don't care about 
uh, how the cow feels or how the dolphin feels. I, I understand that vision. It's it's, it's normal. And uh, but the, the problem is how much you eat meat. How how much how often mm. you eat meat? Yeah. So, so the problem, that, oh, yeah. yeah, isn't with okay. with um, what you're consuming. It's how you consume it. Yeah. So. Are you getting your chickens ethically? Are you getting your cows? Um, are you eating it in mod moderation? You know, not over slaughtering and just like mashing all random pieces of animals together and just mass producing it at such a low cost that makes it more affordable. Um, yeah. I think this also reconnects uh, with what Nabil said before, though. Like, we should create a system in which... I, the consumer, want something and I should be, you know, able to buy that thing, you know, without consequences for the environment and animals and stuff. But then I ask myself, how much do we want? Because apparently we want a lot and then <laughs> yeah. we cannot satisfy. That's a bit an egocentric view in a way. Like I, the consumer, want this and I need, I need that because I want that. But then, you know, it's creating it's this mentality, I think, that created a lot of problems because if, you know, we all want a lot, we all want meat every day, we all want mm. uh, a new clothing, new clothing every day, we, we all want something. But then when is, is it too much? And we, we need to, uh, you know, arrive at a certain point in which we recognize that we may have to make some sacrifices and you know sacrifice something that we want for a global yeah and if you question think, i think if, if you also think how uh, bad can be it that much meat and that much fish uh, and that much cheese in your uh, life i think something that should become easier uh, when I think uh, how, for example, chickens uh, are brought uh, in McDonald's stores, or it's it's something that is so uh, not healthy, and uh, you and they eat that so much uh, during the week, and uh, the problem is that it's something that costs so less than other things that people are uh, brought to buy that because it's cheaper, and uh, we, we know it's. Uh, yeah, people that don't have money, it's normal that they choose something that's, that costs less. Um, I completely agree with the excess thing. It is it is the very first thing that clicked um, when you said it. I completely agree with the excess thing. I think the markets need to be driven by regulations to increase um, some prices on some specific. So you list an amount of... Uh, of environmentally dangerous or endangered species and their meat or their derivatives, be it leather jackets or whatever, gets an increased taxation, uh, which means a higher, uh, a, high, a higher price, which means a, a company not being able to sell it. At the same time, I do not agree with... Uh, uh, so I need to, to clarify this. I did not say that um, African tribes should go vegan, not at all. But if we start, if we cut fish, for instance, so the European Union does not fish on the Mediterranean Sea at all. They take their boats and they go to Africa, which is a byproduct of colonization. That's what they do. And they go there and they sometimes they underpay some 
families, to some fisher families. But at the end of the day, they go and they create an economically not sustainable, but still an economical system there in Africa. If we cut fish, uh, we're not getting any fish intake from Africa. And those, yes, those fishermen can continue eating fish, but they will not be selling any fish to anyone if you take out the European Union and China, which means endangering even more a, a an, an economically hit system by by the time of colonization, we hit the system of Africa. It is not being, it is not able to sustain itself. So at the same time, I still think that if we as Europeans, just we in the first world, cut fish, the economical result will go back to Africa rather than us. Mm. I, I completely agree with that because um, I don't know why, if any European I speak to, but a lot of them, they under the impression that Africans need them to survive. Um, I always get this argument like, oh, without Europeans, you wouldn't have roads or you wouldn't have this <laughs> and you wouldn't have that. And I'm just like, look, without Europeans, the Africans can survive on their own. We live off the land. We live with what we have. We live within our means. Um, so it, this whole thing about, you know, Africans need Europeans to survive, Yes, maybe in this world, because Europeans have made Africans dependent on them. Um, but I mean, if you if you stop fishing and stop demanding fish, there'll be more fish in the ocean for these people to yeah, fish exactly. for themselves and they feed their families. So yeah, exactly. I agree with that. Yeah. Because in the first place, I think what like conspiracy was was saying in the sector in the segment was that. Uh, European ships go down and fish a lot, like basically all the fish in, in those seas. And so the populations that would eat normally those fish then don't have it anymore and have to buy from Europeans. Exactly, food. yeah. And that's like they get dependent on, on Europeans because they stole their food. But if Europeans didn't go fishing, the Africans would fish that fish and stop they don't exactly, they didn't have yes. to pay for anything in return Americans. um so here's my question instead of pushing people to cut fish which is i think a utopia let's put it or a dystopia but at the end of the day it is not realistic at all wouldn't it be easier to push for some areas of the ocean, for instance, not being fished, some areas of the ground not being planted, some um, specific regions or animals not being killed. Um, I do think that the whole rhetoric of, um, of not eating, not consuming some things, I don't think that's productive at all. And I wanted to ask you whether you agree with me or not. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I think... Um, documentaries like Cowspiracy and Suspi they, they need to uh, get you traumatized that's mm. my feeling you're shocked after that I, I yeah. felt that, I know how you feel and it's awful And uh, but I think they sometimes also to mistakes because I don't yeah. know if you ever watch there are many news that prove that many things that they say maybe weren't mm -hmm. actually mm -hmm. correct yeah, but yeah. Um, I think can be really useful 
because you start to think about that. It's something yeah. that brings you to think and bring you to, seed. yeah, realize that, that is a problem. And uh, I feel um, that also if uh, maybe it's not the most correct way to see Max, uh, the best thing to ask to stop eating meat or fish, it's something that uh, maybe brings more attention on the table when you buy something, when you eat. And uh, it's not the extreme, as we said, it's not uh, being vegan, but, but maybe being more careful when you eat. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's uh, what I think they are use useful to, they are useful mm -hmm. to that. I agree. I, I completely think agree it empowers, with Yeah, I think it empowers people to, you know, take a little action in their own lives and, you know, realize that they can make a, a little change. And that's, you know, after all, a big change if a lot of people do it and the market then has to follow the new trends that people are creating in a way. So it's empowering in that way. But I do agree that, you know, it's, it, it, it should be coming with a lot other regulations that it's not, it's one thing. I, I do believe it's one thing, it's very important, but it can't be the only thing that we focus our attention on. And for like the, the protected areas, uh, like forests or sea uh, regions, sea areas, um, I, yeah, like in conspiracy and, you know, in a lot of articles and scientific journals, it talks about how how little lands and little sea areas are protected nowadays. One percent, basically. Yeah, one percent. Yeah, but then the question is, which country is going to do it, <laughs> and for for what? Like, there's no will to do it because they they you know gain fishing there. Like, what's going to stop them? It's yeah. a bit depressing, but it's the reality. So the whole the whole thing with sea spiracy. So my take on it. So. I studied advertising, so I always notice things um, like product placement, especially. Mm -hmm. So now I watched this and I was like, okay, this is um, some facts I knew because I'd seen other documentaries that weren't mm -hmm. on Netflix. And because I worked at an aquarium and on the conservation side of it, I knew like, you know, some of this is actually genuinely true. But then it came to the part where they started... Um, promoting the this plant-based thing I was like okay these people are getting money from somewhere to promote this <laughs> so I was like okay a lot of people are going to have a problem with this and say that these people are now the whole idea was to promote a vegan lifestyle but documentaries like this are just you don't take them at face value you do your yeah. own research um, it's just for awareness you do yeah. your own research you do the work you do um look into it you become more aware like uh, like uh, Meg said you just you take note of what you're eating after that um but yeah don't just watch the documentary and be like oh no yeah, and then uh, it's also yeah, overwhelming research, it's, it's, in, it's, what it's the overwhelming health? because it's you're like then. oh my yeah, god and what the health they said that if you eat um an egg it's like you know, every day i think it's like smoking six cigarettes in a week or something. And I was like, okay, I will stop to eat eggs and I won't go back to smoke. <laughs> it's perfect. It's, I feel better with, <laughs> with the chicken. It's, then you 
go on the internet mm-hmm. and you see, okay, it's not exactly like that. <laughs> you, yeah. you need to be careful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. To degree. So let's do this. Yeah. Let's do this. I personally have the most unsustainable lifestyle I've ever seen in my yeah, life. Yeah, you look like that kind of person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I... I lo- my Before iPhone you even ca- open your mouth, I know you My are. iPhone case is leather. It's pure leather. So I, I have oh an unsustainable <laughs> lifestyle. Now, I do know that. So if I wanted to change my lifestyle, okay, what are the first steps I should be taking? So you've t- already taken the first step by acknowledging that you are... Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's important. So, so that's one yeah. step down. Yeah. Okay. Um, farm, marvelous. And what's next? I think Noemi is the. I love that you're taking us as masters of uh, environmentalism, <laughs> like, <laughs> the, the maximum experts. <laughs> no, I'm just living my life very, you know, in a trivial way. <laughs> I'm not. I'm no master. No, but, realistically um, would be cutting out yeah, the easiest yeah, thing you're also, yeah, so you're so you look, you look at you look at how you've you're being unsustainable and environmentally unfriendly so you just pointed out your leather case you're like okay do i mm-hmm. really need a leather case what are the alternatives and you just start cutting small things like things that yeah. are easy for you and then okay maybe on a monday i'm not going to eat meat or one of the days you cut out one meat dish it's small things mm-hmm. you don't have to go like extreme yeah. right away and you it's, just yeah it's a process <laughs> so here's the thing and i think this is quite popular among many many people uh when i think so for instance i always take private means to go to work or wherever i need to go i have a scooter i have a mm-hmm. um a motorbike i have a car so i, I will always go by private ne- means why I should be taking a bus, for instance. But at the same time, I'm always so good at finding the reason why I'm not taking a bus. So, for instance, it will take me just under 10 minutes to get somewhere, while on a bus it will take me 20 minutes. So, of course, I'm going to take my private mean. I think the, the, the problem is it, is, it is so hard to adapt for me. Yeah um so everybody don't worry yeah it it is not the leather case because this i bought this like five years ago and it's still going on and in my eyes it doesn't seem like a big impact because it's i don't know how much is this is like 20 centimeters it's not in big person that change the leather the the case every (laughs) week so it's much better (laughs) you know it does have to save five years that's true that's true but uh, the way I see it is every single time I say I, I look at this little bits of things I, I do, it, they don't seem impactful at all. And uh, to be fair, if I stop and think how I could be changing my lifestyle, I don't really know. Yes, I can uh, I can avoid buying the next leather jacket, even though I have a leather jacket I've been wearing for six years now and it's still going on, which means I'm, I'm not putting on too much weight Hmm. um but other than that i i really don't know what what to do and what not to do to be fair i think that's yeah that's a thing for everyone like we feel so powerless no way because Mm -hmm. every little every little step we do every little action seems just so not impactful and but the truth is if you think that we are 8 billion human beings that live a similar lifestyle. Like, 
it has a huge impact everything you do because if you multiply it for eight billion people or even like three billion people let's do three billion two billion <laughs> it's it's great it's a it's a huge impact and well i do think that realistically yeah we should try to put an effort into our diet first because i think that's the most doable thing for everyone and it's the most impactful because we eat three five times a day everyone two i don't know but still the resources that we consume during that meals if they're especially if they're animal products but even if they're plants anything requires a long time and a lot of resources and a lot of agricultural agriculture land and a lot of water a lot of waste that goes into the ocean a lot of you know process by catch by catch a lot so that's a huge step i think then yeah the, the usual things like try to reduce your plastic and you know but even costs, like politically it, it, it comes to a cost uh, like comes, cutlery yeah, yeah. If, if you take cutlery if you take paper cutlery which yeah. you can uh, I, think, yeah, yeah. I think it's something that uh, what, what i try to do is when uh you know, step by step. Yeah. It's, uh, for example, uh, two days ago I needed a new shampoo. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you go uh, in the market and uh, you, you stay there and watch a little bit the, the products and you say, okay, so you have the classic one that I always took and I know it works pretty good, but I know that there is this type then maybe it's an alternative. It's something that it's really close to what I use. I normally use, but it's less uh, as a little less impact. And uh, for example, I tried the solid shampoo. Yeah, me too. Right now, and it's yeah. something. It's so not. Um, I'm not used to it totally because yeah. it's something that you have to you know, put like, out of your shower when i shower i just want to wash myself go out yeah. and stop no you yeah. have to put it out and dry it and put it away it's something that you need to think when you do yeah. it it's not okay it's yeah not it's habit. easy it's yeah. uh, I, I, okay so it's a sacrifice yeah, yeah but it's an habit when you yeah, it do becomes it a habit then. it's yeah. it's like waking up early in the morning it's something that at the, at the beginning it sucks you ate it because you want to sleep and you want to but if you start to do it after one month it's something that you do it and yeah okay it's i, I did it for a month i can do it for another and mm-hmm. I, I feel like it becomes an habit and uh, uh, I think it's impossible to go from zero to 100 with everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, zero impact, uh, 100, and yeah, no, no, it's not possible. And uh, uh, I feel it's something also that won't last if you do. You go from zero to 100. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if you try what's best for you and has less impact, it's something that you can work on it. It's okay. Yeah. I think it needs to be sustainable in the first place for you. Like, and as Meg said in the first, like at the beginning, you have to be patient with yourself. You cannot expect to go full on in this sustainable adventure, in this vegan adventure. Just take, you know, it will take time. It will take time to adapt and, you know, do one step, step by step. 
you don't have to change your clothing, uh, no plastic, uh, <laughs> yeah. just uh, aluminium cutlery, <laughs> and uh, I'm no, no more taking my car to move, I'm just going with a bicycle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to, I'm going to, to Rome to my bicycle now. <laughs> I think where possible also, you just have to listen to your body, just how you made genetically. So like I said, I'm lactose intolerant, so yeah. Yeah. why must I keep consuming dairy when I know my body's going to reject it, because, just because I enjoy it. If I mm-hmm. wean my myself off it you know that's that's one problem mm-hmm, yeah, you know done. gone I yeah, yeah, yeah. just eat more dairy alternatives yeah okay. maybe you know buy local food sustain your small farmers and you know market sell around your area if you have one close uh, oh we have a lot politically here. yeah cool. <laughs> even politically if you can vote someone who you know seems to be you know more careful about environment and tries to propose some alternatives maybe give your vote to, to them instead of yeah do you know i actually yeah. tried that like in my first i think my first or second election i was so like so pro-environment i was like yes the mm-hmm. the green party or whatever is gonna get my vote and they didn't yeah. even win one seat <laughs> no. yeah but you know, yeah exactly you know it's a bit upsetting at the beginning but yeah. i mean if yeah you know this is a, an impact if a political political party that cares a lot about environment and plans to i don't know restructure the transport system and stuff that's a huge impact if enough people are conscious of it and vote for it and that's something that you know is not very impactful in your everyday life because you say oh i just gave a vote it's not Mm-mm. that i you know changed the, the world but actually you can change your your city and then your country your region who knows so yeah you know, how, teamwork makes a dream work in a way. Yeah. How how important is it to you all uh, the um, ecological side of a political party when you go and vote? So, like, if you go to the US, they have a, a, a very uh, deep issue with the sanitary system, the, the NHS, and so that's the top priority, getting, getting cured if they have some illness so uh, us in europe and you nabila in south africa how important is it when you go and vote uh for for a party how the ecological and the green side of that party is important to you for me it's very important but i know realistically in south africa saving the environment isn't a priority because people are basically living hand to mouth here so the first issue that we're dealing with is poverty um so i mean you've been voting like i said you know this party didn't even win one seat in parliament um and i mean our government don't even regulate our seas late at night chinese ships come in trawl steal all our fish and then f off and our government does nothing um so yeah, I think it's it's pointless relying on on government to make a change. I think it's going to have to come from people who actually don't. It's saving the environment is not a priority here, sadly. Mm-hmm. And how about you too? Mm, yeah, I I feel like we don't have the problems that you said, but. 
is not a priority either here. <laughs> so yeah. many times. I feel like yeah. as long as governments are making money out of it, yeah. they're not going to care. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's why I think teamwork mm-hmm. makes the work, especially from the people, because in a way you, you need to save yourself <laughs> from the disruption of the world. Sorry, so, but, mm-hmm. but, yeah. but again, uh, I don't know. Go on, go on. Yeah, I I feel like uh, yeah, in my personal opinion, uh, my the the most important things for me are yeah, this one and the civil rights. Because it's my, uh, I studied law. It's my place, you know. Mm-hmm. I feel like my economic uh, <laughs> skills are so low that yeah, I try to understand. But my heart always go to the more careful to this, you know, um, topics. And I remember I felt I felt like you on. Uh, I don't remember when, but when we voted for European, uh, yeah, yeah uh, was, two years ago, yeah, twenty nineteen, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe. and uh, uh, the, the green politics were quite strong in all Europe except for Italy. Italy <laughs> <It> was <laughs> <laughs> so bad. I remember. Uh, yeah. That's true. Uh, That's true. But, yeah. Like in Germany, Sweden, Denmark, it's just like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, please, no, I don't want to live yeah. here. I was, but, but did I vote it? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, yeah. To me personally, and uh, I'm inconsistent in this. I know that I know it. But to me, it is quite important, and maybe my top priority at the moment. So I'm. I think I'm unsustainable in my own lifestyle, but I like it's to. It's ironic that you say that. <laughs> yeah, I like to du- to judge everyone else. No, so but that's that's cool too. Ultimately, what I think is, it is never going to be a top priority because every single country, uh, in its own, has its own problems, and ultimately, they will always be mm-hmm. the top priority. It is normal. It is self preservation mm-hmm. as a human being and as a community, and we identify with with the community we're born in as a country. Um, but at the same time, if you take it from a humanitarian, from a, a, a human standpoint, I do think that for me, it couldn't be anything else, my top priority. So I live in a first mm-hmm. world country. It is true that not every single right is respected here in Italy. There are many, many things that from a humanitarian side are not working. Um, and I can see that. But at the same time, I do think if you take the risk uh, as as a human species, we are going through um, comparing civil rights, for instance, or the uh, climate change. I do think that climate change ultimately is a bigger risk than uh, civil rights. So if I were in Morocco or in Saudi Arabia, I would be pushing for civil rights if I don't, uh, if I don't get killed. But living in Italy, living in Europe, I think our top priority at the moment should be um, climate change. We have built a system where you, we as Europeans and Americans are the pinnacle of the world. We have been profiting from different regions in the world for all our history. And this has brought some changes. First of all, climate change. So now that we have a good, uh, a good level of civil rights, 
which is not enough, but a good level. I do think that our, our top priority as Europeans on average um, should be our climate change and the ecological side of it. Mm-hmm. Climate change is eventually going to affect, start affecting civil civil rights as well because as the the climate worsens and fish are dying more and animals are becoming extinct and ecosystems are being destroyed, the rich are going to be fine and the poor are going to get poorer. And yeah. eventually it's going to come down to a fight where rich is going to be rich against poor. So mm-hmm. we need to, it is, like you said, the, the top priority cli- is climate change because to prevent further civil unrest, we need to protect the environment that we're living in. Yeah, and, and, and don't take me wrong, it's not, it is not those who support civil rights against those against climate change. We're all on the same side and we yeah, should yeah, yeah. be. And the changes you've mentioned will bring, bring us even closer together. It is not, mm-hmm. I, I was just listing the priorities. Yeah. It is not us against them as no, we all not, like not now yeah. at least. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's ever going to be though. Mm-hmm. I see it. I see it starting here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> um, no, but but one last thing. So I think we we got carried away and we bit over an hour. So <laughs> the last thing I wanted to say is, you know, humans started on a fresh, clean page. We had all the freedom to live peaceful, harmonious mm-hmm. lives. And That's we chose boring. violence. We That's chose boring. violence and abuse. <laughs> Why? I'll never forgive those people. <laughs> no. That's boring, though. Well, it, this is boring. Fresh is water. Boring. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. So, yes, as you said, we have well done over the hour. I, I would like to thank both Noemi and Meg. It's been super, super great. It's been great. I'm speechless. Uh, super interesting. Many things I didn't know, to be fair, and many thoughts I didn't have. And I hope you all listeners will uh, be able to think a bit more about it as well. Um, so one last thing we always do is we always list uh, the song of the week, which is basically the song we've been listen- listening to mm-hmm. the most during the last week, which is yours, starting with Noemi. Oh no, you you caught me unprepared. <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> The first one that comes I, to I mind. listen to a lot of uh, I uh, how's it called? I see red by the cover by Bella. She's okay. amazing. I love her. I was expecting some K-pop. Also, BTS came out. Go listen to it. <laughs> New Japanese single. Go listen to it. <laughs> okay, Meg, how about you? Uh, no, Abba, obviously. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, also, yeah. also, Kiss from Prince. Uh, these days, is like. Okay. Okay. Listen to Abba as well. And Nabila, how about you? Mine is "Can't Let You Go" by Ali Gatti. He just released a new album, and I love it. I love his Mm. voice, and yeah, that's been my song on repeat this week. Yours. Mine is "Red Bone" by Childish Gambino. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so, thank you very much again. It's been great. And um, if you have any questions, any feedback, 
feel free to insult us using our social media at Just Amps Podcast. And we will talk to you next week. Yes, so Thank we you. are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and now you can buy us coffees as well on Buy Me a Coffee. We'll drop that link on social media. Yes. Thank you very much. And we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye. <laughs>